0: mentioned earlier, if you want to get out your uh, handout, there's an insert inside that uh, I just so often do. And uh, you'll notice on the front, I've got a brand new uh, face on it, face to face. We're going to be talking and spending time with that as we uh, dive into a new uh, series. It's a series that I plan to guide us and lead us for uh, the next 12 weeks or so between now and Easter. Can you believe we're on the downhill slope to Easter? Maybe it's the uphill slope. I don't know. It's, uh, it's fun. So here's what happened. Uh, I heard about this series called The Chosen. And I saw a, a, a clip of it or two. I saw one, one whole episode. And I said, this would be good for our young people. This would be a really good series for our teenagers to get in, engaged with. So this last fall, I spent, uh, we spent eight weeks going through a, a series where uh, we used uh, a cinemagraphic opportunity to see the scriptures portrayed in film. It's actually, a, it's called The Chosen, and it's actually the first ever multi-season TV show about Jesus. They did the first year, which has eight episodes in it, each about the length of a TV show, 45-ish Minutes so that if you've got commercials and all that goes with some broadcasts of it would be um, an, an hour's show, and it's um, really the portrayal and some fiction along with scripture, but accurate scripturally to show the unlikely characters that Jesus pulled into His work, the calling of the disciples, the chosen. And calling them to, to, and finding out how blessed they turned out to be, how really God took their lives, turned them upside down, and gave them brand new lives. So it is extremely inspiring. Um, ra- raise your hand if you've seen one or more of the sessions of the chosen. Oh, that's so good. So as I was talking with the elders a couple meetings ago and expressing how good it was, it was kind of like, this is too good. Just to allow to be a teenage group, you know, just for our young people. What if we bring that into the adult worship? So for the next few weeks, we're going to look at small portions in here. We're not going to watch and view the sessions here. But they are for you to view either in your home, many have, or even more importantly, as a small group. We're trying to focus in on on our small groups that way you know, when you hear about somebody doing a series about Jesus, I don't know about you, but I kind of am pretty cautious. I've seen a few. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've seen some that are very wooden, that seem very uh, um, unprofessional. Maybe they're, they're accurate scripturally, but they don't carry you very far. Have you, any of you know some like that? <laughs> In some cases, I've seen some that have been extremely unbiblical and just full of fanciful ideas that have no root in Scripture. In fact, some that are exactly the opposite of what the Scriptures portray. And some that are just, do you know what I mean by cheesy? Yeah. You know? And so you kind of hold off, and, and then I saw this, and I went, this, this breaks the mold in a lot of ways. If this is different. In fact, here's one of the bylines for the movie. It says, get used to different. I <laughs> like that. There's Jesus saying, get used to, uh, to different. That's kind of their tagline. It's based on the four Gospels in the Bible of, of Jesus. But what they do is they'll take a license where there's fiction opportunity and kind of give you backstory that isn't necessarily biblical, but wherever there's opportunity for dialogue on biblical uh, terms, they are very close to the Scriptures when it comes to that. Now, what they did, they did the pilot, the one that we used for our Christmas Eve service called The Shepherd. Just about a 10-minute, 15-minute kind of a deal. And uh, this is a couple years ago. And then they did what's called crowdfunding, crowdsourcing, crowdfunding. And it, is, it became 100% crowdfunded to produce it. That means they could give it away for free. They don't have to charge for it. They don't have to send you to a, 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 a theater and charge twelve bucks a ticket or something like that. They don't have to do the, you know, the generation off Netflix. It is available and free. In fact, uh, freely distributed now, translated into fifty different languages. You know, so it's an amazing opportunity to spread, uh, really, God's word. I think there were nineteen thousand donors that gave a variety from twenty-five dollars to you know, zillions to make it happen. And so that's why they can do just that, give it away. Now, when you load it as an app, they actually tell you who paid for your, uh, do you remember this? Yeah, they actually tell you who paid for your ability to view it for free and say, if you wanna help somebody else view it for free, here's an opportunity. So it's, it's a change, it's kind of that pay it forward opportunity and they're still raising funds because right now they are filming season two. They did eight episodes for season one, and now they're in um, in casting and and operation for season two, which I'm kind of excited to uh, to see what they do. Um. So the the the, the they just what they reached their goal. they've reached their financial goal. Yeah. yeah, and they're right now in the production, you know, uh, f- f- fulfillment. They really hope their their goal is actually to have it done by Easter. So by the time we get done with this. There may be an opportunity to to go beyond that. But they actually have envisioned an eight-year or eight-season, eight-episode kind of thing. There's that much information. You know what John says about the information on Jesus. (laughs) If you were to contain all of what Jesus did, it would fill the room with a library kind of thing, you know. And that's just really the case with what we've already got in terms of the Lord and calling his disciples. So if you'll notice on the front of that handout, you can notice my, my plan there, or our plan, is to take every week a different character. To take every week a different character, and I'll show you clips from it, but we will not watch The Chosen in its entirety in here. We'll just see little couple-minute clips in it. We're going to start off where they start off, with, which is Mary Magdalene. Mary of Magdalene. In fact, next week... We'll spend time watching Mary come to Christ, and uh, you know the full story with her is the Bible says she was filled with seven demons that Jesus cast out of her. So it's kind of it's kind of got a dark side to it. It's kind of a challenging one, but it's amazing, and Mary becomes one of the most robust followers of Jesus. She becomes this amazing person who even becomes one that is seeing Christ as the resurrected Lord first before, before others. So it is an incredible um, opportunity for us. So as we, um, as we go with that and kind of spend some time, I really want you to think about small groups are the key. We've got a few small groups. Some of them are going to be using this, but I want to spark numerous other groups. So somebody called me and said, Um, We've got Friday nights open. Can we start in a group around this? Yes. Yes, I'll help you. (laughs) It is so easy because it's already tailor-made. It's just a discussion about how Jesus interacts with people. I wrote the material for the teenagers. We can use that, and I've even improved it a little for the uh, sessions we'll be doing in in that. Could I just show you a little quick little trailer? Um, I think I've covered all of this. Let me just show you a quick kind of a trailer. Uh, two minutes here. If we're going to have a question and answer session every time we do something you're not used to, it's going to be a very annoying time together for all of us. There are righteous men on the lookout for you and they are weighing every word you say. Different. Get used to different. We didn't choose him. He chose us. I see you. Oh, I really don't like that man. Follow me, and you'll see more. I was one way, and now I am completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him. And so it's time. Now, if you have an iPhone, you can just go to the App Store and download it for free. If you've got an iPad, uh, you can use, utilize that. If you've got a um, Android, same thing. Just download it off that source. You can also find it um, on YouTube if you want to watch it on your TV set. You can use, find it on Netflix. Uh, Brent's going to leave the. Um, let's see, I'm not sure that's on here, but um, we have a link for you to find it. All the whole series on on that. So. Um, It's easy to uh, watch. And like I say, if you just know two people that you want to get together and make a small group of three, that'd be awesome. I'll equip you. I'll help you. And especially those who may have questions about Jesus, because this will help flesh out. We're talking about that today. Fleshing out the Lord. Seeing how he works in Scripture, seeing how he works in history, and then seeing how he works in our lives i working on that. In fact, let's turn a corner for a moment and just talk about um, the scriptural um, passage where Jesus is 12 years old. Okay, so this is the bridge. We've gone from the birth of Jesus, which we've spent the last three or four weeks on, talking about his birth. There's one passage in the scripture that talks about him other than baby, and other than adult, right in the middle at a 12-year-old at a stage. And so I want to take some time today and, uh, and focus on that. And so I've entitled this, God Has a Face. God Has a Face. And it's uh, from Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. I'm just going to read it to start off with and then break it down a little bit as we get into it. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, he went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, um, said, "said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? When they did not understand what he, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. You know, uh, in one of the scenes, there's a flashback to this point in the, in the video series. It might be good to see that portrayed, and then we'll uh, break this down a little bit. Here? No. We came for the Passover feast. We thought he was in the caravan. <laughs> the feast was three days ago. Jesus! Jesus! Mary! <gasps> Ima? We looked everywhere, day and night. We were so scared. I told him he's okay. Why is everyone so upset? Mary. You were supposed to be riding in the caravan with Uncle Abaita. I was supposed to be with my father. Then why weren't you? I was. (sighs) You were in the temple? It was incredible, Mary. You should have seen him. He was teaching when I found him. The rabbis, the scribes, the scholars. Could not believe their ears. They barely let us leave. Didn't you know I must be in my father's house? It is too different. This. If not now, when? Just help us get through all of this with you. Please. Maybe we should get going before they make a formal inquiry, huh? Jesus, please don't do that again, huh? Yes, Abba. <laughs> May I read? We'll see, huh? Come now, we've got a long journey. What are you going to do for your mother for this transgression, huh? <laughs> I'm going to make him rub your feet. Abba! <laughs> Just from that clip, I hope that you can see the, the accuracy, the care they've taken, but also the license that they've taken. There's some fiction backstory, but it's, it's biblically likely. It's kind of how I'd say it's, it's the case um, for us to think about. So encourage, be encouraged. Now, that's in a, f- a further on session. That's not in the first um, of the sessions, but it's a flashback that Mary has really when she's thinking about the wedding and Jesus' first miracle. That's an incredible uh, uh, set episode itself, the wedding at Cana of Galilee and his first miracle. So I want you to think with me about a couple of things, jot some of these things down, about keeping Jesus and his face in view. Since God brought, the Heavenly Father brought Jesus, Emmanuel, to be God with us. He put him and encased him in human form. He was 100% God and 100% man. He was divine and he was human. And so the human side is really what we're looking at to some degree today. That's kind of the portrayal. To see and remember and to keep in view his face. God brought a face to earth that people could look at. People could study, not behind a mask, but in full view as uh, they did that. Since God has a face, we need to keep it in mind. And really, I'm using that to think about really searching for Jesus' humanity, for Jesus' humanity. We love to look at his divinity, and and we want to spend time always with that. But never forget we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every way was tempted like we are, and yet he was without sin. It's huge to keep in mind and to seek the Lord in his humanity, that as they were looking among their relatives, they did not find him. Can you imagine losing the Lord? <laughs> what if you are in charge, like Mary and Joseph, of this Messiah, you were in charge of raising this this, this, this Lord up, and you lost him. Would you feel a little bit bad? You lost God? You know, how would you feel about, about that? It would be terrible, wouldn't it? Notice, um, after three days, he was found sitting among the teachers. What was he doing? Teaching and asking questions. Now, you'll notice the first words that come out of Jesus' mouth The first words recorded anywhere in scripture, the first red letters in a red letter Bible are going to be Jesus's words. And guess what they are? Two questions. Two questions. Jesus had an amazing ability to utilize questions and draw people in. He was creating questions for the rabbis, for the teachers of the law for the scribes and Pharisees to think about. Jesus wants us to be thinking about and answering the questions. I mean, Jesus would sit with his disciples and say, who do men say that I am? And then say, who do you say that I am? Jesus is asking us questions like that today. Who is Jesus? And maybe more importantly, where is Jesus? That was their big question Where is Jesus? Now, you got to cut them some, some slack because Jesus was now 12, and the way they used to travel to the Passover was in big groups of 100 people at a time. And the reason they did that was it was very dangerous. They were going through places where people were ambushed and where robbers and thieves hung out. So when they took, it was a safety in numbers kind of thing, they would go in big entourages and... It was always interesting. The women led the way with the children, and the men kind of hung back. That seems backwards in some ways, but the men didn't want to hang out with the women. One version says, uh, because they yak too much. (laughs) I don't know, you know. Uh, and, and, And here's Jesus. So does he go with the children up in front with the women? Or here he is, a young man, 12 years old, does he hang out with the adults, the adult men in the back? I mean, that's probably part of the dynamic. Again, I'm fictionizing based on how their um, customs were. That this is probably how he got lost. And he's with a big group. And, you know, have any of you guys ever left a kid somewhere? Oh, I see some smirks. I see some elbows, you know. Yeah, that's kind of uh, maybe, maybe happened. Um, <laughs> when you lose sight of Jesus, return to the last place of fellowship you had with him. So that's what they do. They remembered where they had left him. Nobody had him with them, so they, they returned. Here, here's a picture of me as a kid. I'm the one wearing the red sweater. You can't tell by my ears, can you? <laughs> that's my mom, who's now 86. And my two sisters and my foster brother on the left there. We're, we're in a church building. It's up in Tacoma. It's no longer in existence, but it was a, a tire factory that the church bought and converted into a church building. You'll notice it's got like six pews or seven pews on each side. Each pew could hold five people, give or take. <laughs> it was a pretty small church. It was a brand new church. It was a great church. But uh, my little sister, that's Cheryl right there. She's a pastor's wife up in Wenatchee right now. They're planting a new church up in Wenatchee. Um, She fell asleep. She fell asleep on this back pew back here because my folks were not early to leave. You know how they were the first ones there and the last ones to leave, and we never knew when they were going to leave. So she, she just took a nap Sunday after church. And uh, it's not shown here, but I had three foster brothers. They were Native American, uh, Native American brothers, and uh, they were my brothers for seven years as we grew up. And so we had a pretty big group. My mom and dad had a 63 uh, Rambler station wagon and a 62 Volkswagen Bug. And so that was kind of our transportation back and forth. And so we all piled into one or piled into the other. In fact, my little sister, her favorite spot was Volkswagen Bugs used to have a spot behind the back seat under the window, and we'd fight over that. I was a little big for it, but it was my favorite spot, her favorite spot. So as they loaded up and headed out, they forgot her sleeping on on the back pew. They got all the way home. Unloaded the car, and it was actually a few minutes after that. They're like, where's Cheryl? Where's Cheryl? You didn't have her? I thought you, I thought she was there. What? They left her just like they left Jesus. Now, it wasn't a couple of days. (laughs) They rushed back, and she was still sleeping away. She didn't even know what happened to her. But I cut them some slack because of uh, my parents' kind of crazy experience. How many of you had something like that happen where, yeah. At our house, my grandson, when he was two, unlocked the front door and left our house while Lydia was in the back room and I had already left. I'd left for church. The neighbor called. You Do Remember this? The neighbor called down the street. Isn't that how it happened? The police, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the police involved. What in the world? I mean. That's at age two or something, you know? So I guess we got to cut ourselves some slack too, don't we? I blame her. Oh, no. No, No. and I don't think Jesus' parents uh, blamed each other. But God was up to something, and he wanted them to hear some key questions that I think he wants for us to hear today as well. Something for us to think about. What are we doing and seeking the lost Lord. In our world today, Jesus gets obscured. In fact, I put it down this way. Jesus gets obscured from the crowd. The crowd. What happened with them is they lost sight of Jesus because of the big crowd that was there. Um, That's why they went back. When they did not find them, they went back to Jerusalem to find him. Don't let the crowd crowd him out now you know in today's world let's take the media their goal is to create as much fear as possible because that heightens our interest and our viewing and they make more money if we are fearful you've heard this phrase if it bleeds it leads you know so they're going to emphasize all the things that have that And it is easy for us to get so fearful and so focused on what the media presents that we forget. Keep our eyes on Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Don't let the media, don't let the society, don't let the crowds keep your view from knowing, loving, and staying close to Jesus. Jesus the Christ. Crowds can crowd him out. Don't let it happen. They were so desperate to find him. In fact, I think that's an encouragement. What if we were as desperate to find Jesus today as Mary and Joseph were running around Jerusalem? Where are you, Lord? Show us your face, Lord. Give us an understanding. Deepen our relationship with you through your humanity and through your word. Where do you look for a 12-year-old Messiah? Well, they didn't even think about it at first, did they? After a day, they found him in the temple. Now, he was going to be in the temple the next year in a bar mitzvah. He would become a son of the covenant, a son of the command, that bar mitzvah. That's what that means. He's one year before that, but he loved, according to the Scripture, to hang out every year, maybe a couple times a year, at the temple, he learned to read. He learned to say the Shema. He learned scripture in abundance through this, through this process. And so they, they, they are desperate to connect. Notice what it says Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. No. They were anxious, they were eager. Have we lost connection with Jesus? Could it be that this series could be a way to help you and those around you reconnect with Jesus in a more personal and helpful way? I don't know it's going to affect everyone this way, but for me, there was an emotional... I mean, video itself has a potential for being emotive, drawing you in emotionally. That's a sign of good presentation. And I think that there's a, a chance for that emotion to be, to be gained that is also there in Scripture, but it's amplified when you see it portrayed. I don't think there was a, um, there a very few of the eight episodes that didn't bring tears to your eyes. When you see people healed, you see people touched, you see people drawn in, and you see people connecting with the Lord and i believe that deep inside every person every person you're connected to every person you know at your work every person you know in your neighborhood every person you have in your family that's maybe even extended family across the country deep inside they long to connect they long to find the lord as well and this could be a tool for many of us to use some of us may want to use it online and just talk talk over the, uh, some of us may want to do it in person and uh, use that, that opportunity to connect. See, let's keep Jesus and his heart, his, his face, his humanity in mind as we um, have that opportunity for this. Now, um, let's take his answer for a minute to his, his, his questions, but really they are, in a way, an answer wrapped up in questions. They're making them, he's making them think. I mentioned earlier his first recorded words. Jesus' first recorded words. Why were you searching for me? Is that a good question for us today? Why do we want Jesus in our lives? Could it be that that's deep inside of us? The very heart of what we believe we were created to do and to be? The reason we're on the planet is to connect with the Father through the Son? Yeah, why are you searching me, Well, you are our son. We have to take care of you. Well, yes, that's the immediate answer. What's our answer? Why are we searching for Christ when he's the one who came to search for us? The Bible says he came and his purpose was listed as to seek and to save the lost. That's us. He's looking for us. (laughs) You may be feeling like you're looking for him, but he's looking for you. He's looking for me. He's looking for your friends. He's looking for your loved ones. He's looking for your relatives. He is easy to find. He is not hiding from us. He's not only searching for us, he's easy to find. They had some big misunderstandings, though. I'll list a couple of those. There was a misunderstanding of the place. What did he say? Didn't you know I needed to be in my place? In my father's house, yeah, yeah. The King James says about my father's business in my father's house, or about. Well, I thought your father's house was down up up in down in Nazareth, up in Nazareth. Well, his earthly father's house was, but the father's house he's talking about is the kingdom of God. Higher purpose. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? There was a misunderstanding of the place. There was also a misunderstanding of his position. Circle that word, father. Even though they saw, knew that Joseph was his adopted earthly father, his parent, his father was God, the heavenly father, who he talked about regularly. And this wasn't to discount Joseph. He never did that. He never put down his earthly parentage. But instead, it was to point to Yahweh, his heavenly father, and the position that he had from eternity, from eternity forward. One more. There was a misunderstanding of the the timing, of the timing. Or we call it the, the pace. He said, I had to be in my father's house this is the same phrase that Jesus used several other times remember when it says he had to go through Samaria he met the woman at the well by the way that's session number eight it is amazing incredible illustration of Jesus and the woman at the well you will never forget it if you view that he had to go through Samaria why? He didn't have to physically because of what God had called him to do, who God had called him to relate to, where God had called him to position himself and to relate in terms of ministry. Remember when he said to Zacchaeus, come down, I have to go to your house today. Remember that? Why did he have to go to his house that day? He was reaching his heart. He was touching his life. He was pulling him into the kingdom. And it was time. It was the time he had to do it. It's the same phrase that Jesus used to explain to his disciples. The son of man has to be arrested. The son of man has to go to the cross. Now, they they denied. They said, no way. We'll protect you. You're not going to the cross. But Jesus knew. And Jesus said, I have to. Why? He had salvation in mind for every one of us, for all of those that he would throw his arms open to and say, for God so loved the world. How did he, why did he? Because he had to. The timing was, was part of the key for that. In a 12-year-old boy's mind, you know, it may not have been the time, but it, it felt like the time to sit down and talk to the teachers, to the uh, leaders and uh, Mary brings up the timing at the wedding. My time has come. It's, it's, it's stated. So that going to the cross is, um, is what it's all about. And um, understanding. So because it was so much misunderstanding, it's important for us to see uh, clearly. Mary says, it says that she pondered all these things and treasured them up in her heart. And um, we need to be as, as Mary doing the, the same. Now, I want to take one more, one more opportunity and talk about Jesus for a little extended period and read a passage of Scripture from Colossians. This is from Colossians, and it's a chapter, chapter 1. It's just a section of Scripture. And just to think for a minute about Jesus in this case. Keeping his grace in view. We're talking about keeping his face in view. In this this case we're talking about keeping his grace in view. Because notice how this how this unfolds. I just love it. This is one of my favorite passages in the entire scripture. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created things in heaven and things on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased that to have all his fullness dwell in him. Circle that, underline that, focus on that for a minute. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. He is the exact representation of an unseen God. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, By making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Verse 21. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior. But now he's reconciled you to Christ's physical body, in Christ's physical body, through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that you pro- has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. Just reading that's all I need to do to think, think for a minute about the focus of his grace. As much as we spend time on the humanity of Jesus over the next 10 weeks, it's really his humanity was here for a reason, to relate, to give us a picture of God according to this to represent the invisible God to a visually oriented people and to save us, to give us redemption and salvation. So I'll just take a minute right now and say if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's no better time, no way to even enjoy this series about discipleship until you yourself submit to and understand Jesus' call on your life and giving of salvation. So as we go through this, we're going to be showing the human the human, and the divine side of Jesus. Hopefully in a balanced way, all the way as we go, go through it, seeing both that he is man and he's God at the same time. We're going to do that through the sermon series every Sunday morning. We're just going to preach through Jesus between now and Easter. We're going to do that through our small groups. We're going to do that through the app that's on your phone, or the um, chance to see this in in media. We're going to use notes in our handouts that you can study. The notes will be there for everybody. You can use at any time throughout the week, and um, you may want to just even use it as a family tool. Something you can do use to talk about with your your family, your kids. It's really really good for kids you haven't had a chance to use it for that, do so. And uh, to share with friends and loved ones. Like I say, we will help you. We want to see these common individuals throughout the scripture. We'll just watch 10 of them in the next 10 weeks. Come to faith in Jesus. Come to trust in him. Put their love and their devotion in him and become followers of Jesus. You know, that's his main Call, follow me, follow me, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. The scripture always remains the priority. There's nothing divine, there's nothing divine about the video series, the chosen. It is not inspired in that sense. Wherever it connects with Scripture, it's inspired. Scripture is what our, our, our focus is. It gives backstories and imagine it, imagines things that probably are likely, but those are not. You know, so we want to keep our focus and keep our attention on the Scripture um, itself and let God, God lead us uh, during, that, during that. Keeping his grace in view. So I don't know if you're ready, church. I think God's calling us to that. Here's a uh, encouragement about the small group. Let's stand and pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us the way that you do. Thank you for the gift that you've given to us that we've just taken time to celebrate in this past season of Jesus. Emmanuel, God, come to earth. Come to be God with us. Father, as we uh, look forward to the next few weeks and we spend time thinking about Jesus, his ministry, his call, his call to disciples uh, to you, Lord, we pray that this would be a season in which we just grow closer and closer than we ever have before. Lord, if this is a tool you want us to use in our own personal life, I pray that you just open it up for that. If this is a tool you want us to use in our outreach, for other people to come to know you. I pray more than any other season in our life that you would use this tool in a marvelous and wonderful way. Thank you for just putting tools in our hands that we can use to get other people who are searching for you to find you, to know you, and to love you. We pray for that, Lord. We dedicate ourselves, this series, this coming year to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.